In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I probably owe you all a few apologies. It's um, A, for being gone for so long, and then, um, and then kicking Father Melmer out of the house when I got back. Um, and sometimes when we're trying to feed six people, clean the dishes, um, or get ready for Mass, which isn't just getting ready to pray the Mass, but also getting ready to broadcast the Mass. I probably get a little snippy sometimes, so I apologize for that. But even more deeply, I apologize because I was probably supposed to take the pork butts off the smoker between the 8 o'clock Mass and the 10 o'clock Mass. So lunch might be overcooked. That's what happens when you're distracted. And I will say it's uh, serving the 8 o'clock Mass was a huge uh, peaceful moment. It's, it's lovely to serve Mass. Um, Uh, being the one who's offering Mass is frightening. Being the one who's saying the words of Christ during the reading of the Passion is horrifying. Um, the, the, the priest is in a unique position, especially these days. He, he not only is allowed to offer Mass and receive Holy Communion every day, he's required to. I have to admit, there have been a few times when I've thought that if the faithful are deprived of the sacraments, maybe the priest should be as well. Uh, there was a time in, in which offering mass aboard a ship was forbidden. And so there was a term for a dry mass. In a few years, when you're preparing for ordination, you'll do dry mass, which is to say you'll go through all the prayers, you'll wear all the vestments, You'll have water in the cruet. There won't be any wine in the other cruet. And instead of a piece of bread on the patent, it'll be a piece of cardboard. So it's not as though you are practicing to say Mass will be a simulation of the sacrament and thereby uh, impeding you from being ordained. But the dry Mass in those conditions is uh, not only an appropriate thing to do, it's a, uh, it's, it's a wise thing to do. Um, to prepare to offer well and solemnly and prayerfully without being nervous, the sacred mysteries. Well, there's another term for it. I was introduced to this when I first learned the old mass and after a few years of self-study, went to the monastery of Clear Creek in Oklahoma and the uh, the great master of ceremonies there, the uh, the venerable with the lowercase v, Father DeFado, who was um, an impressive chiseled man and monk, he ran me through my paces and he made sure that I was ready to do it. And he wanted to see me do something that he called misa in navigationibus. That's the Latin phrase. He didn't say dry mass. I don't know what the French term is, but Misa in navigationibus means uh, the mass that would be said aboard ships. 
So there was a time centuries ago when ships were so unstable that mass was forbidden. What the priest would do is do what we call a dry mass. Uh, the, the ship's crew had no idea, or maybe if they did, it didn't matter. Um, they couldn't necessarily see the patent anyway. They didn't know what was on the patent. Um, uh, the cruets wouldn't necessarily be glass, especially aboard ship. But the priest prayed the prayers of the Mass every day. He didn't offer Mass every day aboard ship, wasn't permitted to. But he vested, said all the prayers, did every ceremony reverently, piously, and properly, and yet being forbidden from offering the Mass. So when you look at images of explorers finding the American coast, whether it be north, central, or south, don't you usually see a, a little boat? And in that boat, the first ones off the ship are the Franciscans or the priests or the missionaries. Part of their rush in getting to the shore was that they would finally be allowed to offer mass after weeks, after months of being deprived of the sacrament. Um, but we are obliged to do what uh, obedience demands of us. So um, we are very fortunate, and uh, that great fortune hangs like a huge weight around our necks. At least it should. Being the one who has the, uh, the, the role of Christ in the Passion narrative is a privilege that hangs around your neck like a dead corpse. If this is to be done well, it means that we're, we're supposed to die in reality. Um, celibacy does that to, large, to a large extent when when a real Christian marriage is something that one desired and has decided to forego, uh, then celibacy is a real oblation. But the gift of ourself and the, and the death that we endure can't simply remain on that level. So Lent means dying every, every day. Uh, this Holy Week should mean, in a particular way, dying even more each day. Dying so as to be completely alive with Christ, completely alive with grace, completely alive with the love of God and the joy of God. Completely empty of sin. Completely empty of anything that has uh, nothing to do with God. I, I know I have a long way to go, so we should probably um, resume and let God take over. Um, so we carry with us all those who are sick, all those who are caring for them, all those who are worried that they might be sick, um, all those who wish they were here. Um, 
We pray for all those who have so little a spiritual life that they don't wish they were here. We pray for all those who, um, who wish us harm. Um, we pray, hopefully, as Christ prayed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.